Welcome to the Are You Spiritual podcast. I'm Jasmine Milani. And I'm Jenny Martin. We're two friends who met in meditation teacher training and have been talking about spiritual self-care ever since. And these discussions are why we're here. We'll open up the spiritual toolbox and break down spiritual practices in a simple way. We'll share the basics of astrology, meditation, Reiki healing, and so much more. Hopefully, we can make some sense of spiritual hype words and phrases while helping you sift through the junk floating around the spiritual community so you don't wind up getting sucked into a cult or losing yourself completely. Let's get spiritual. In today's episode, um, we've decided to tackle spiritual pet peeves. We know you have them, we all do, and we thought it would be a good idea to start here because sometimes a pet peeve can be an impediment to even starting or trying something on your spiritual journey. So it seemed like a good place to start and introduce you to the world of being spiritual, I guess. <laughs> I had a lot of spiritual pet peeves before <laughs> or as I started dipping my toes into spirituality. You did? Yeah, I did. I really did. And I kind of think it just makes you think about how many stereotypes are out there and how many, how many stories we create in our own head about spirituality or about the communities that are involved in any of these modalities. Well, totally. I mean, I had uh, ended up at a yoga retreat and I, long story how I ended up even at this yoga retreat because I didn't do yoga at the time, <laughs> but it was a Christmas escape for me. And my whole thought was, why did I sign up for this? There's going to be a bunch of people that are super healthy, that do yoga all day, every day. Um, you know, which brings in a whole new idea of like, what types of bodies are going to be around me when I'm insecure in my own body. And it really had me out of my comfort zone. And thank God I just went with it anyway, because it could not have been further from the experience that I had. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's just a lot of really interesting things to think about when you think of what keeps you from going into things and, for Why? sure. Uh, for sure. And I mean, I think it's so good that you just went for it anyway. I think that there are so many people and I include myself in this that wouldn't even try things because I was so concerned about what other people would think about me. You know, I grew up in the time when like, you know, dirty hippies and it was kind of all lumped in together. So, you know, a spiritual pet peeve of mine is that you know, people make, make inferences about who you are or how you live your daily life 
just by, you know, what your spiritual practice might be, you know? So that's kind of why we're here is to sort of explore what those kind of those pet peeves are. And also, you know, to sort of demystify it. So it's not such a big deal if you want to try a yoga retreat or, you know, want to get into crystals, whatever it is. I think that was, um, yeah, one of the biggest things for me was finding out that I could have a daily spiritual practice, have daily routines, be very into certain spiritual modalities, but I could also have glasses of wine and I can also (laughs) watch a whole lot of Bravo and follow true crime. (laughs) Like it was a big deal. I mean, I feel like you kind of, especially when you start to meet different people in different spiritual communities, you kind of start to wonder, should I be giving up other parts of who I am because this is now a part of me too? Did you ever have that experience or did you? I think for sure. I mean, there's definitely this idea that, you know, you're not gonna, like you said, you're not going to drink anymore. You're not, you're going to be vegan. I mean, there's those kind of things. That's a whole other episode topic. (laughs) But you know what I mean? There's this idea of how you're going to have to behave in the world differently Right. You know, for me, because I am, you know, a Reiki master and I do do this, there was a part of me that thought like, am I going to go into this world where my friends and my family can't join me? And it was actually kind of scary, you know, to sort of think like, am I going to get to this, you know, other dimension where I just can't be with anybody? And that's really not true. If anything, it's enhanced my relationships and it's provided a lot of clarity about like, you know, can you be with me in this space? I'm not sure if that answers the question. But yeah, I sort of thought like, if I move too much into this, am I going to end up being an old lady who lives alone in the woods making potions because, you know, and I still might end up there. (laughs) (laughs) But I will have a much different attitude. Right. Because this, this, it can be integrated into your life, just like anything else. And what this is about, and this you know, intention of this podcast is to help people find what they resonate with. And then in my experience, and I wonder about yours too, all of that just ends up enhancing your life. You know, it ends up bringing more beauty to your life, more patience, more presentness to the moment. And you do kind of sift away that which is not important a lot quicker, you know? Yeah, no, I... I I completely agree. I think it's only enhanced my life, but I do agree that at the beginning or the more I started to kind of go down this path, the lonelier it felt because you don't really feel like you fit in with people from your past as much because there's a new part of you that you're discovering, but yet you haven't quite yet found that spiritual community that you identify with or that, you know, like for me, someone like you, the person I go to for these types of conversations after we had our meditation teacher training course. So you don't quite have that yet. And you haven't quite, you know, it's, it's an in-between state. You're still figuring it out. You're not sure even what parts of spirituality you're, you're, you're kind of trying a little bit of everything, but you're not sure what you're going to hold on to, what may just be a moment in time, what might be completely not for you. And you don't know how to talk to other people about it. And I think it's a, it's really interesting. I think, yeah. I mean, I think you bring up probably one of the biggest points about the quote unquote spiritual community is that there are lots of pockets, you know, let's say you get really into sound baths and then you're going to kind of go into that community. There are pockets of communities, but it's kind of harder to find 
your people in the spiritual community. So it does feel lonely when you're uncovering these parts of yourself and starting to find out like who you really are. And who you're not. And who you're not. But I do think that is a part of the process a little bit to kind of get real clear on who you are authentically. And then moving forward, finding your community. It does take time, but there's definitely people out there, you know, and the more I get more comfortable about being out about who I am, the more that comes back to me in a really interesting way. I was volunteering at a yoga studio and the yoga teacher was absolutely incredible. And we'd been doing it for maybe four or five, six weeks, you know, so we'd gotten to know each other a little better, a little better each time. And finally he says, um, so do you watch ancient aliens? And that's when I'm like, my people. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't really watch it because I believe really far out stuff and I don't need to have those things put in my head. Um, But it was interesting because even though we have different beliefs, we found something that we could kind of bond over and uh, that is not maybe in the the square confines of people that you're going to talk, you know, you go to a dinner party with a bunch of people you don't know, chances are you're not going to bust out with a, so anybody watching ancient aliens last night, (laughs) you know, I don't even know what ancient aliens is. (laughs) Another episode. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe that community is not my community. I don't know. (laughs) Well, let's talk about this week's theme which is spiritual pet peeves. And um, do you want to introduce kind of the the broad topic or do you want me to kind of introduce the title? I mean, I think we both, you know, let's share what some of our spiritual pet peeves are because I think we were on the right track here with the the communities because yeah, I think there are certain, I mean, I'll just say it. There are people that rub you the wrong way and you're not sure why, they just don't feel like they're your people, just like your yoga community was your people. And I think it's interesting to explore what things turn you off about certain parts of spirituality and some of the things that bother us. Um, I know you and I have had lengthy discussions about, you know, shirts that say namaste AF or good karma across your sweatpants on the butt. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I guess what are some of your spiritual pet peeves? Well, the the episode is, you know, we kind of came into it with this, you know, namaste AF idea. And I think it's 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 very tricky as we got into it. I think we both kind of realized that it's not quite as cut and dried. This is kind of an abstract thing. But if you really are pursuing your your spiritual life, your spiritual journey, there's a certain humbleness that you need uh, humility that you need to have because you know it's going to be difficult and messy and beautiful and there may be some loss and you you kind of have to be a little humble in the fact that you really don't know what's unfurling for you and you you have to have faith um or i had to have faith so i think there's some people who are like you know i think we talked about this before who are like i went to peru i did ayahuasca I'm an enlightened being, (laughs) you know, and I have encountered those people. I live in Los Angeles. I've encountered those people quite a lot. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, maybe you, maybe you are. And then there's another part of me that's like, 
this is potentially a very, you know, problematic way to go because there's a lot that goes in, you know, to the spiritual path never ends. You know, I'm a seeker. I'm not a finder. (laughs) I'm going to constantly be seeking on my journey. And I've accepted that. And yeah, I think, I think that's kind of like sort of a feeling that's a pet peeve. That's kind of this feeling. And then, you know, people who groan really loud in yoga classes, (laughs) I'm always like, let it go. But like, wow, (laughs) I never confessed that before. (laughs) That's so funny. And I feel like, I feel like it's interesting, at least for me to look back on the things that used to bother me versus the things that bother me now. I think that I very well could have been one of those people that just started like sometimes even saying the word journey, my spiritual journey. Sometimes that is a pet peeve for me on any given day, (laughs) but it is a journey. And it, like you said, it's never ending, but I think it's really important to watch ourselves as we, you know, go on day to day because things do change. I think at the very beginning, like I said, I had a lot of preconceived notions about the types of people that did certain things that are parts of spirituality, whether it's somebody who's very into astrology, whether it's somebody who's very into breath work, whatever it may be, you have just these preconceived notions. I think the more I've grown to find the things that really interest me, which are always changing, um, you know, you know, I'm really big into astrology and the more I dive into astrology, the more I find myself having frustrations around some of those, you know, memes on Instagram that say, you know, what article of clothing you are based on your Zodiac sign, which is all nonsense to me. So I get a little, uh, I don't even know what to say. I get a little about some of that kind of stuff. And then I just think back on how that was the kind of stuff that got me into astrology. That was the kind of stuff that made me say, oh, you're right. When I'm feeling very Capricorn, as my sun (laughs) sign is, I may be a cardigan, you know, but sometimes I want my Sagittarius rising to really come on out and I'm a sparkle halter top. I don't know. But so it's stuff like that, that I would find myself identifying with. And then it caused me to learn more and you want to learn more. And then I start going deeper. And then next thing you know, you're referring me to, you know, good old Andy to get a birth chart. And all of a sudden I feel like I'm a little, I'm one of those people that went to Peru and now I'm an enlightened (laughs) being because I know that a birth chart really means so much more than a meme on Instagram that says what article of clothing you are based on your, you know, sun sign, not even your rising sign, which we all know is much more applicable to your (laughs) day-to-day face in the world. So it's just really interesting how I see myself, my past self in a lot of pet peeves. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it it totally makes sense. And I think, you know, before we started talking today, um, you know, for the people listening, um, thank you for listening. Uh, We both read this article when we uh, started, uh, when we decided to do this topic. And it is a, um, a Harvard Divinity Bulletin article. It was written by Andrea R. Jane um, in the autumn winter of 2019. And the article is called Namaste All Day. And it really addresses kind of this issue about 
Oh my gosh, we both had to look up what what neoliberal capitalism meant. But it really addresses this idea. I'm going to try to sum it up. It's a very long and very well uh, written article into basically the idea that these, uh, when corporations kind of take over these ideas, or when we sort of water down these um, ancient traditions and words and things like that, are they meaningless now? You know, does it, is it, is, have we totally, you know, bastardized or taken out of context and minimized these ancient practices? And, you know, and that's at the hands of capitalism, at the hands of um, colonization, westernization. I mean, you can kind of go on and on. And I think at the beginning, we both had a different attitude, but as, we read as I read the article, I started kind of thinking what you do, like, if it lights a light, does it matter? If it gets you to that yoga class, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like if you're wearing an, a, a shirt that says, uh, you know, whatever, good karma. I don't know. It, I, I think it became a little bit more complicated. Yeah, I completely agree. And I found myself judging stuff like spiritual gangster and looking back on it, I'm thinking, and when I say looking back, like all these years and time have gone by, (laughs) but it's really just been in the last few weeks, even I've thought a lot more about it. And I think, do I want to see a namaste AF shirt or do I want to say, you know, death to all on somebody's (laughs) shirt? You know, like, right. And like you said, if it, if it gets you to that meditation class or whatever it may be, if you're doing self, you know, things that are really causing you to become more self-aware, if you're really peeling back the layers of yourself and, uh, finding out who your true authentic being is, is it so bad if it started with some of these very, like you said, watered down commercialized, you know, marketed athleisure wear, you know? Yeah. I do think that that is maybe one of my biggest pet peeves. If I'm throwing a blanket statement out there is just that there are a lot of amazing spiritual modalities out there. There's a lot of ancient history. There's a lot of practice and a lot of practices and people that get forgotten, especially in the Western world. And that's, that's something I just, you know, I want people to think about. Totally. And I think that's kind of where humility comes in. You know, you realize that these, especially I'm going to talk about a little bit about the word and what it means and the history of it. But, you know, there is a thousands of years old tradition in so many, not just um, Hinduism, Buddhism, but even other religions but they do in order for them to survive they have to evolve in some way otherwise they become esoteric practices that nobody does anymore they become dying religions the thing i think that i identified what my pet peeve is with particularly these things that we're talking about uh, namaste af um you know spiritual gangster is it's sort of like the gather sign of spirituality. <laughs> like it doesn't really mean anything. You know what I mean? It, it's just sort of like a platitude that, <laughs> you know, I'm la- we're laughing for the same reason because, because it's this, it's this kind of TJ Maxx idea of spirituality. 
However, if that's your access, if that's your access, if that's your point, you know, then who am I to say that that's any more or less valid than having a garden gnome or a, you know, a cross? I mean, who am I to say? If it takes a word art sign that says gather to bring <laughs> your people into your kitchen for a meal, does it matter what got them there? <laughs> or rather, you people are eating there and you look up to the gather sign and you say like, wow, I really did this. We're gathering. We're gathering. <laughs> you know, I I think that's a really interesting point. And I love that. I I do think that it's, I guess for me, it's really come down to we get in our own way when we box things up, whether it's boxing up what we want to say, the good parts of spirituality, or whether it's boxing up the pet peeves. Everybody's on their own journey. Who am I to say that what place they are in their journey is a wrong place to be? And by me having any of those judgments or even calling them a pet peeve is really me hindering my own self-growth. So I don't know. It's just been a very interesting last few weeks. The more I've thought about this topic and I just I have a lot less pet peeves than I did a month ago. And it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I had a feeling we would both kind of come around. Well, if it's OK with you, I'm going to talk a little bit about what namaste means. And so do. at least if you want to get that shirt or you see it and maybe this is for the curious out there, this will give you a little bit of background and then. You two might have a slightly different opinion. So um, in the West, we tend to say hard A, namaste. So I'm just going to honor that. Like we're Westerners. That tends to be the way that we say it. Um, however, uh, traditionally, it is pronounced with like a, a sound. It's I'm not going to do this justice, but there's kind of almost like a t sound in um, some of those languages, uh, Southeast Asian languages. So traditionally, I'm going to do my best. Forgive me if I do it wrong. But traditionally, you would say something like namaste. Namaste. Okay. So just so you know, traditionally, the sound of the word is a little bit softer. Um, so namaste means um, it's a combination of two words. And it means uh, nama, which means to bow or show adoration, and te which means to you. And then what I learned um, recently, which is that part of te actually refers to the soul, the eternal soul, um, which in uh, Hinduism is uh, Atma. So when I was first introduced to this term many, many years ago, uh, the way that it was introduced to me is that there's a divine, there's divinity in all beings. And so when you say namaste, you are saying that the divinity within me recognizes and um, bows to respect, shows honor to the divinity in you. So that's how it was explained to me. And another really beautiful thing about this word is that um, there are three sacred languages that are still being spoken, and they are Sanskrit, Farsi, and Hebrew. So this is a de derivative of a Sanskrit word. So it's actually a, it's actually like a spiritual word, like the actual word itself is a sacred word. So um, when you see it, when you say it, it is actually spreading that sacred kind of ancient vibration out into the world. It's 
it's a it's a common and a formal universal greeting. I've never been to India, so I'm I can't honestly speak about how it's used, but I did do a lot of research and it is a common and use universal greeting, but it's not like hello, it's not like aloha. It tends to be used um, more to people that are older than you or people who have done you uh, a good uh, deed, a good favor, or like your teachers, which is how it's kind of been transferred down to us to our yoga classes where we end, because it is kind of a deferential word that you would say to your teacher, you would also put your hands together in um, a mudra. And mudras are basically, we've all seen those where they have their forefinger and their thumb together in like Indian iconography. These are just like very traditional mudras. So the Anjali mudra is what we would call prayer position. When you put your hands together and you kind of place them just in front of your heart. And I've even heard uh, you can go forever. Hinduism has been around for so long that like, honestly, everything has a meaning. So I've even heard of the meaning in the space between your hands. But kind of the way I like to describe this when I'm uh, teaching or working with clients is basically, it's a way to bring both sides of the body together in union and harmony and balance. And so it would be something you might do to an older person as a sign of respect. At the end of a teacher for your teacher, you might do it as a sign of respect and you would give kind of a gentle bow. I also learned that there's kind of a way you can do it where you kind of clap and you bring it out. And that's kind of like, thanks, I'm done with you. <laughs> but I don't want to speak too much about that because it's a cultural thing that I haven't experienced. So I could probably go on um, more about it, but once I started really thinking about it, you know, I am a person who believes that vibration is in everything. And I started thinking like, actually, it's kind of really beautiful that we're getting this, this word out there, you know, because it could be a word or a moment or a kindness that gets someone to start thinking a little differently about their own soul, their own spirit. And so um, to even say, even if it's improper, to even say namaste, you are speaking sacredness into the world. You are wearing sacredness in the world. And it's difficult, right? Because we want to be so respectful of these traditions and these cultures and I always want to know as much of the truth as I can, keeping an open mind for what I still have yet to learn. However, I don't know how much these traditions are going to carry on if we don't allow them to spread as they will, if we don't allow them to grow, to breathe, to evolve. I mean, Hinduism has so many different practices. And I'm just using this as an example that many religions do this. Maybe Zen Buddhism has the least, <laughs> but for the most, you know, it has so many different things because there's so many different teachers and all of these teachers were passing down their wisdom before people could write them down. So their disciples would remember them. Then somebody finally knew how to write and they would start writing them down. So they're all, they're already second, third person, next generation being passed down. And then everybody kind of adds a little bit to it and they see how they evolve. And, you know, so maybe we start out with one bead to pray on. And then the next thing we knew, we have mon, you know, we have these whole beads that we pray on and they have to be in a bag because they're so powerful. You know, it's like, it just keeps evolving. 
So I will never wear a t-shirt that says namaste AF. Um, but yeah, like you said, I have a lot more grace for people that do. And the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in them. And, you know, I hold space for whenever they and I are, you know, together. And it reminds me to be very humble. They, everyone is our teacher. Every experience you have has a potential to teach you about yourself or others. So I hold space that like, I need to bow to them and stay open-minded myself and not be such a judgy bitch. (laughs) I think that was, I think that was really well said because, um, you know, at the end of the day, you don't, you know, while, while you may never wear a namaste AF shirt Mm -hmm. and what seeing somebody in a namaste AF shirt means to you for all we know, that is that person's spiritual jumpsuit. You know, I love my spiritual jumpsuit, which we'll talk about another time, but (laughs) that may be that person's spiritual jumpsuit. And I think there's a really problematic road that quote unquote spiritual people can go down when they try to hold people to really high standards. Yeah. I think it's great for us to do our research, to learn about the history and the origins of a lot of these very sacred practices but also at the end of the day, it's just fucking yoga. And I think, you know, you can easily get caught up in having a teacher that tells you that somebody is not quite as spiritual as you if they're pronouncing chakra as chakra instead of chakra. Or, you know, if there's a if there's a difference in some of those pronunciations, people are learning, people are growing people are diving into some of these practices that like you said, may or may not have otherwise made their way down. So let us, let us screw up. Let us do things improperly and learn and do better. I think we're always going to have that issue of, you know, the Westernization of things and it is problematic. However, this is where I am. And this is who I am. So let me learn how to be as respectful, as honoring as I can and share that with me. And I and I do try to learn, um, but also give me grace because this is all very individual. You know, it's all very, you don't, you know, it's all very much what speaks to your heart and what speaks to your heart and my heart could be different. But that's kind of the difference between spirituality and religion. You know, in religion, we're all supposed to do everything. That's one difference. There's many. We're all doing the same things with the same book, same time, same thing. But spirituality, you know, you may celebrate even different holidays or it's 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 very individual. Yeah. And that's just it. We don't need any more things in this world that are making that are just off putting to people, especially if it's stuff that can do so. You know, I know how great meditation has been for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be part of a meditation community that makes meditation off-putting to somebody else because of all the great things that it's done for me. Right. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to do a whole episode on meditation and different kinds, but I think honestly, if you take anything away, you know, find a, a meditation practice that works for you and that can look... Find any spiritual practice practice that were you. Yeah, I I get yeah, any spiritual practice, but I do think quietness and presentness, however that 
manifests is a great takeaway. I agree. It's just my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, should we uh, start wrapping it up? I know you have a crystal you want to talk in Jasmine's crystal corner. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited. Oh, I never heard it called Jasmine's Crystal Corner before. I love that. Yes, so it doesn't have a theme song yet, but it will. And it'll sound something like Crystal Corner, something like that. (laughs) So what crystal do you have to talk about? Well, I was going to talk about blue aragonite. That's what we practiced because that holds the frequency of Reiki. But and I probably will talk about it. But, you know, I went to my favorite crystal shop in Los Angeles, which is called Open Eye Crystals. It's on Pico Boulevard uh, near La Cienega. And I got this juicy piece of malachite. Can you see it? I can. Our listeners can't, but let's describe it. Okay. Um, It's a beautiful green color and kind of like an emeraldy kind of green, not so sparkly. It has kind of striations in it. It's kind of like a big, not a beginner, but most people, even if they don't really have crystals, have malachite um, because it is such a really easy stone. Um, But I didn't have any. And it's great for confidence, self-responsibility, owning personal power, helps put wheels in motion for goals, great for releasing stored anger, melts constrictive energy patterns, and it pairs well with tiger eye. Oh, I love that. I do too. And it's just so pretty. And it's, I love we'll have these. to take a picture of that. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. And um, I like having these kind of stones that you can hold in your hand. I really like putting these in my pocket um, when I have maybe a stressful meeting, um, just so I have like a little fidget. And also then I just remind myself like for this one, you know, cause we were recording for the first time and and so I was like, I need confidence. So I decided to put this one on my computer. And it's a beauty. And I love her. So um, yeah, love my Malachite. So you're going to do the cool shit segment, which I'm pretty excited. We are so creative that we just decided to call it cool shit. And it's going to be whatever cool shit um, we want to share. Uh, so Jenny has a good one this week. So I'm starting, um, as you know, Jasmine, I'm starting this course next week on shamanism. It's the journey around the medicine wheel. So I'm diving into a book that I've heard great things about. It's called Shaman Healer Sage by Alberto Villoldo. I'm probably saying that name wrong. I apologize. However, the book is Shaman Healer Sage, How to Heal Yourself and Others with the Energy Medicine of the Americas. And while I'm just at the very beginning, can't say I love this book, can't say I don't love this book, but I do find it very interesting so far. And there's an excerpt that I wanted to read that just really spoke to me. And I thought it was, um, I thought it was beautiful. Awesome. You can let me know your thoughts after I read this. So it says, There's another fundamental difference between the ancient Americans and the modern ones. Today, we are a people of the precept. We are a rule-driven society that relies on documents such as the Constitution, the Ten Commandments, or laws passed by elected officials to bring order to our lives. We change precepts, rules, or laws when we want to change the world. The ancient Greeks, on the other hand, were people of the concept. They were interested not in rules, but rather in ideas. 
They believed that a single idea could change the world and that there was nothing as powerful as an idea whose time had come. Shamans are people of the percept. When they want to change the world, they engage in perceptual shifts that change their relationship to life. The, they envision the possible and the outer world changes. This is why a group of Inca elders will sit in meditation, envisioning the kind of world they want their grandchildren to inherit. One reason why the practices of healing energy have been kept so closely guarded is that they are often mistaken for a set of techniques in the same way that Western medicine is sometimes regarded as a set of procedures. We mistakenly think that we can master energy healing by learning the rules. However, for the shaman, it is not about the rules or ideas. It's about vision and spirit. And while the healing practices often vary from village to village, the spirit never varies. True healing is nothing less than an awakening to a vision of our healed nature and the experience of infinity. Wow. Some light afternoon reading. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to dive in further. It's really interesting that it's um, of the Americas because that is um, such a, you have such different statement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll let you know as I continue diving into it, but that's the cool shit that I have to recommend. That's very cool. That is very cool. I'm excited to see what you learn from that, to hear more from it and, you know, to explore the difference in those three and the overlap. Um, Shamanism is coming up a lot lately for me. And it's, um, it's very interesting. And there's so much about it that I know nothing about. So that's why I'm excited to learn more in this course. It's exciting. So Jenny, what spiritual self-care are you going to, I think I know what you're going to do and I'm really jealous. What spiritual self-care are you going to do today? I'm actually going to go with what I already did today. And that was just my regular old meditation, a guided journey. Uh, It was about 40 minutes long and it was lovely. So many notes. Um, I love a good guided journey and I like to say that I meditate every single day, but who are we kidding? There are many days that I don't get that in and I really need to make it more of a priority. And I find myself realizing when I don't make it a priority, I can feel the effects of it, I should say. So yeah, it felt really good to get that guided journey meditation in today. What about you? What uh, spiritual self-care act have you done or do you plan to do before the day is over? Well, I also meditated and it was because you said that you were going to meditate and it made me think, when am I going to do that today? Because if I don't do it now, um, you know, my brother's visiting for his birthday, I've got stuff going on today. And so I thought, you're right, I can just, I can do this right now. Yeah, it was great. It was just, I'm finding that I'm learning more to meditate on my own, which is something that has never been as easy for me. Like I love a guided journey. I love being led and I'm starting to learn how to be more present and keep myself in meditation and not just like, you know, zone out and go to my happy place where I sit in front of the wall of bliss, (laughs) which is very nice. And I like it, but to just, you know, stay more present and Yeah, it felt really good. I mean, you know, I don't meditate every day and I feel like I I should as well, but I find different ways of experiencing, you know, like a spiritual self-care moment. I think we've talked about it for both of us, you know, a hard exercise can actually be kind of a spiritual self-care practice because it helps us to like move that energy through and out of our body 
And so, you know, even going for a walk where you just don't wear headphones, don't listen to music and actually just pay attention. That can be a great one too. So that's the one I've got down so so far. There are so many. They're so simple. Just being, being present, taking three deep breaths that you're present for all of them for in a row. I mean, that's, that's enough. That's enough to start. We'll have to do a day where we both log our spiritual practices for the day. And I think we would both find that we probably do a lot more every day than we quite realize. So that'll be a fun exercise for another time. Yeah, that will be fun. Maybe we should do it for like the week. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thanks for this great talk. You too. And thank you to our listeners. This has been truly a journey (laughs) for us (laughs) and a true labor of love. And we really hope um, that you find benefit from this, that you've enjoyed the conversation. We have quite a few more interesting and fun things to talk about. And uh, we hope that you will join us. And um, I feel comfortable saying namaste. Thank you for listening to the Are You Spiritual podcast and joining us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, share with friends, and write us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any questions, thoughts, or episode topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at areyouspiritual at gmail.com.